everybody. Welcome to Thursday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. We are heading into week five, Labor Day weekend. One of the best weekends in CFL football. Rivalry week. Oh, man. Here it is. What is happening, Wade? Well, we got the top 20 CFL draft prospects. You know, the fall edition. We love that from the Scouting Bureau. We will get into that. There are some brothers, multiple, and uh, some good news and notes to get into as well. Some very interesting news this week coming out of Edmonton, your Elks. Dude, I think I might have cursed this team. You might have. I honestly Instead of think Connor's I might covers, It's going to be Connor's curse. Every year, you're oh, going to pick one golly. team to just leave them in shambles. Well, I mean, like, prior to this, I do own an Ottawa Red Blacks hat, so... Yes, you do. Uh, unfortunately, though, the Elks. Yeah, what? We'll get to it. Oh, we'll get God. To it. But first, I'd like to say that the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, helping you return to play safely with their latest innovations, the Fox 40 Tri-Layer Whistle Mask, the Electronic Whistle Gator, and more. To check out these products, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15 for 15% off your order. All right, let's talk about the Elks because this is ridiculous. All right, here it comes. Jacob Ruby, offensive lineman, released on Wednesday after lying about his vaccination. So the way it works is he came into the year, said to the team, hey, just so you guys know, I'm fully vaccinated. The team said, thanks, have a good one. And then once this outbreak happened, they went, hey, by the way, can we check your proof of vaccination? And Ruby just kind of went, um... I, it's like Carlos in, uh, what is it, Benchwarmers, where he holds up the, the birth certificate <laughs> and says, I am 12. <laughs> this one said, I am vaccinated. Um, so no, he, he couldn't prov- prove his vaccination because he wasn't. He'd just been lying this entire time. So the Elks cut him. Breach of protocol. And now... I guess this news was Tuesday. On Wednesday, right before we started recording, Dave Naylor says the CFL has banned the other eight teams from signing Ruby for this year. Which you know a team might have tried to do because he's, he is he's one of the best offensive yeah. linemen in the league. So, I mean, I, I like the move by the CFL here. This was, you know, I like to be frank about it, this was an absolutely stupid decision on part of Jacob Ruby, not just for football reasons, but like, public health reasons man like come on i know you want to play and you're still able to play if you're unvaccinated like don't lie about being vaccinated but to me here's the question is we're in week five they were in training camp for what three weeks prior to the camp being open and you're just requiring proof yeah like if you're edmonton you had to wait until your team had a game postponed and a COVID outbreak until you were like hey by the way we kind of want to check to see if you're actually vaccinated or not. We, we trusted you this entire time, but let's check now. Why are you waiting so long? This, like, yes, Jacob Ruby should not lie. If he ain't cheating, he ain't trying, though, right? No, I told you, Edmonton yeah. Elks let him get away with it because they waited until week five, a third yeah. of the way through the season. No, yeah. <laughs> To ask for it, like that's oh, it's just ridiculous on it, there on both ends. It is frustrating. It's frustrating as hell. But I mean, trying to be positive, putting a little bit of a, a positive spin on this for a certain player in the Edmonton Elks organization, Thomas Jack Kerjala, 
now might get an opportunity to step in and play some football here. The fourth overall pick out of 2020, the Buffalo product, looks like a pretty damn good offensive lineman. He's stuck around. He's dressed every game so far for Edmonton. So this is his chance to assume a starting role in the CFL in his rookie season. And let's hope he runs with it. Honestly, I, I hope the best for him uh, moving in. It's going to be a big void to fill for Ruby, especially going against a Calgary team that's kind of hitting their stride with Jake Meyer. Yeah. So we will see as they uh, get their first game in two weeks after a lot of missed practices and a lot of time on the field. Yep. How the Elks look will get there in Connor's covers. Trust me on that one. Oh, will we ever. The man Roosevelt, though, signed in Winnipeg. Wow. Dude. We just, unfortunately for our listeners, this broke on Tuesday or on Monday afternoon. We had we finished just recording. left <laughs> the studio recording. News breaks. I t- I like started tapping weight on the shoulder. He's like, what? I'm like, man, Roosevelt just signed. He's like, no way. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. But like for Winnipeg, you've got Lawler. You've got Rashid Bailey. Now you're going to go and add uh, – Roosevelt? A back-to-back 1,000-yard receiver? Yikes. Jeez, man. And Andrew Harris is healthy. Andrew Harris is healthy. Drew Wolitarski is still a good receiver. So Zach man, Claros, you've got your pickings, man. Dude, he's been he's been very good. The Winnipeg offense has been very good through the first four games, so I think this only makes them better. Now, does that limit distribution around the field for fantasy? Maybe a little bit. It's going to make your picks a little bit harder. But They don't care about your fantasy no, team. They, they don't. They want a repeat Grey Cup. And they are getting closer and closer to that. So we'll see. They gotta play they gotta play Saskatchewan coming up this weekend. It'll be really interesting to see, especially if Roosevelt's in the lineup. Well, I don't think he will I don't be. think he will be. I think it's too quick of a turnaround. But uh man, post week five, heading into weeks, I don't know, eight, nine, where we might really start seeing some Roosevelt action. Sleeper fantasy pick, keep that in mind. Keep in mind my power rankings from this week before this signing was made as well. I would like to stand on my hill that DT has. Uh, oh, he called you out so put bad. The spotlight on me for so bad. That's I said so it funny. the last two weeks until I am proven wrong, and maybe that comes this week. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the top team in the league. But, we'll hash it out in Connor's covers here. We will hash it out in Connor's covers. But if Neman, but if this new addition can come in and add anything to their offense. You're telling me that Saskatchewan's going to compete with us? We'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. I might not be alone with Winnipeg at the number one spot for much longer. Or they could be gone altogether. It'll go either way this weekend. Hard to throw the ball from your back. Saskatchewan is one of the best teams at getting to the quarterback. We'll see. We'll see. We will get there. We will have this out. Let's talk about another wide receiver in the CFL, Nate. Bahar. Yeah, quick little one here. Man. He went on uh, TSN 1200 this week after a great appearance on Miked Up Mondays from the Red Blocks. That was a fantastic job by their comms team. He said it's a rewarding feeling to earn Matt Nichols' trust. I And you know what? Matt Nichols, trust him some more. You saw what you, he did whenever you gave him a chance. Keep going there. Keep pushing to it. It's going to benefit you in the long run. He caught his targets. He turned them for 66 yards. Please keep throwing the ball to Nate Bahar because when given the opportunity in a role that suits his play style, look what we see. We see efficient production 
from Nate Bahar. It's true. I mean, I, I can't stand on this hill any more than I have. No. It's just time for people to see it now. So let's move on. Some cuts in the NFL from around the league. couple Canadian cuts. Anthony Eau released by the Texans, most likely going to end up on their practice squad. Carter O'Donnell, Pierre-Olivier Lestage, Dakota Shepley all have been released. However, Shepley was picked up by the Seahawks, and Strebler not getting cut but making the cut. He lands on the Arizona Cardinals' 53-man roster. I know he's not a Canadian, but he is a Grey Cup winning quarterback. So great to see Strebler landing on that 53-man roster in the NFL. And on that note, let's move into the last bit of CFL news before we get to our top 20. Your guy, Marc-Antoine Decroix, looking to start this Friday for an injured Cranston brother. Man. Man, man. I I will have my eyes tuned in on Friday to that Red Blacks-Owls game. I want to see marc No disrespect to Ty. I hope he heals up quick. But I'm just very excited. But I'm just very excited to see Marc-Antoine Ducroix get an opportunity to start in the CFL. Really hope he's going to make the most of it. I'm sure he will. He's a good player. He's already experienced some live game reps as well. But now the Owls are saying, hey, you're up. Next man up. Let's go, kids. So I'm excited for him. I've been excited for almost two years now with this one. So it's uh, it's fun to see it come to fruition. Yeah. I'm going to be there hopefully watching for the luscious locks as they fly around. We'll see how he fares in his first game out. I don't doubt it will be amazing, but there's always that chance of uncertainty with rookies. Let's move to the top 20. Uh, Ready to rip through this one and then talk about our favorite guys? Dante Bull, Fresno State, number one. Tyrell Richards, linebacker, Syracuse. City Sao, O-lineman from Eastern Michigan. Jesse Luetta, linebacker from Penn State, Sidney Brown, DB Illinois, Enoch McConzo, DB Coastal, one of the Philpop brothers coming in at seven, Jalen from Calgary, Tavis Robinson, the Guelph transfer to Ole Miss in at eight, Trey Ford, the Canadian QB from Waterloo sliding in at nine, Jonathan Sutherland, DB from Penn State rounding out the top ten, Samuel Emulus, the wide receiver from LA Tech, Tyrell Ford, the twin brother of Trey, coming in at 12, also goes to Waterloo. Western O-lineman Zach Fry, there's always seems to be one, coming in at 13, followed by the big man, Peter Kuzushka, the offensive lineman from Alberta. Other Philpot brother, Tyson, coming in at 15th, both go to Calgary. Shaquille St. Lot, DB from Maine at 16. Luol Uguak, D-lineman from Connecticut. Adam Macker at 18 from Sask. Jaden Dalkey coming in hot at 19, DB from Alberta. And then another big man from those Saskatchewan Huskies, Noah Zur at 20. Connor, who's your top guy? Oh, it's so hard to pick just one top guy. There's so many that I love on this list. I mean, obviously, seeing Jalen Philpot as high as he is coming in at seven brings me some joy. You know, Trey Ford is an undeniable talent, as is his brother, Tyrell Ford. I really like Adam Mackart on this list. Uh, obviously, you know, we love our Cam West offensive lineman as well, so really nice to see Noah Zer sliding in there at 20, but I'm not going to take your your pick because I know exactly where you're going with yours. Um, I, I think my favorite right now is Jalen Philpot 
just the talent that he brings to an offense is undeniable, especially with you know the return the returnability that he possesses. If I have to pick a sleeper though, it's Tavius Robinson at number eight out of Ole Miss, the Guelph transfer, because man, he is a big, mean body that can fill the gap, make a play. But Tavius Robinson for us, and we like using this term, he's one of these mess the play up guys where he's just going to destroy the offensive where he is just going to destroy the design of the offensive play on the other end of the ball like he just plugs the middle fills the gaps I've seen him time and time again in the OUA take guys take tackles take guards and drive them back into the design of an offensive play and you know force a sack or force a running back to bounce into a TFL so I I do like Tavius Robinson as well yeah, Tavis Robinson, he's a freak, man. I don't know if you've ever seen him live play a game. Guelph played Queens at the end of the season, yeah. It, I, it was disgusting, man. I went against Guelph in my final year when Tavis Robinson was a freshman. I did not believe that that guy was in his first year of university. I had to ask our friend Harry Robinson, who played for Guelph. I said, Harry, you're telling me this guy's a freshman. Like, I had to ask him three, four times, like, are you sure – that this kid is a freshman because he is a monster. The size and frame alone is something to get you excited about. And then you see his get off and his speed and you're like, oh my God. Oh, it's for a big man. It is fast as all hell. I don't know if he's going to get a big chance at Ole Miss this year. And if so, if he will enroll early in the draft. But I mean, come on. He has tons of upside, tons of frame that you can build a good defensive end out of. So I like your pick in Tavis Robinson, but I am going with the big man, like I said, Peter Kazushka. I thought you were going to Alberta. I am. I thought you were going to the defensive side of the ball in Alberta. No, 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 no. We know we know where the true products come out of Alberta. That offensive line is nasty. We were high on him last year, too. I was. I was very disappointed to see that he opted out of the draft, but... From I think it's going to benefit him more, though. From what I've heard, he has been way more refined technically. We already knew about the athletic ability he brings. He's a guy that's going to move bodies. No matter what size the defender is, he's going to get in your way and knock you around. For Kazushka, though, if he lays down solid tape, I could see him making a huge jump like up into the top five of this group. I know it's such a dramatic jump, but we know the value of offensive linemen in the draft. We're not going to harp on it as much yet because we know that when we get to draft season in the spring that's a big thing for us and just to add to that point too and you know we try not to do it too too much like we try not to take metrics into account too much but you know right now we have some 2019 tape we don't have much 2021 tape or any 2021 tape on him yet at all but he is 6 7 325 pounds and you're telling me he went out and refined his technique and now he's moving better? Because that's the issue with a lot of these massive guys, right? When you get like a 6'8", 300-pound tackle, it's like, okay, well, can he keep his feet under him? How does he move laterally? This, that, the other. It's all about lower body movement when you see a guy that big. And, you know, I know we talked about it a little bit, but with with Kettle in the 2020 with Kettle say in the 2019 draft, it was a question of feet. Those questions were made unanswered, and he slid in the draft. And now with Peter Kazushka here, 
Maybe there was a question of feet. He goes back. Now he's refined these feet. He's going to be moving very well. And on top of that, he is 6'7", 320. Defenders in Can West need to beware. Kazushka is coming for it all this year, and I, I really think he has a great chance to cement himself. As a top as offensive lineman. Not only the top offensive lineman in Canada, but one of those top prospects. Because he's just behind Zach Fry and... The token Western Mustang has to make the list because they have so many great players. Zach Fry, compared to Peter Kazushka, we're going to watch Kazushka this year put on some athletic ability in his game film that it's going to be rare to see other guys match. I mean, yeah, the Fords and Tavis Robinson and the Philpots, those are all great skill players. But from a big man's perspective, I, I really love what Kazushka is going to do this year. I am so excited for him and for Coach Morris and the Bears program, really, because they've got two guys in here. They're matching their in-province rivals in the Dinos with top 20 guys. That says a ton of where Coach Morris has built this program. Man, offensive line you. Offensive line you. It is, man. I expect Carter O'Donnell as well, just to go back to the cuts. I expect him to make a practice roster somewhere. Uh, He went unclaimed in waivers, but... He's, he's, he's a guy that's staying down there, and if he ever comes to Canada, yikes. Before we move off this list, I want to talk about one more guy, and I mentioned him you know, just prior to us diving into the Peter Kazushka talk, but let's stay in Alberta for a second. Can we, can we highlight Jaden Dalkey for those who don't know? Because this dude, and maybe it's the hair. I don't know if I, it's just like DBs with hair or what, but 6'2 defensive back coming out of the University of Alberta. He's a great special teamer. Oh, man. Special teams ability out. Special teams ability all over the field. But 56 tackles, one forced fumble, three INTs, six PBUs in 2019. He is a freak. He just mans the back end of that Alberta defense. And I I was a little bit surprised, but I was super, super excited to see Jaden Dowkey on this list. If there's one guy that I could – well – one guy that, I mean, they're all in the top 20, but this list is going to change. Dalkey is a lock for the draft. Yes. I will go on record and say that. Like, special teams ability alone, he's like one of the Hallett brothers. Yeah. No, like, that's you're a You're going great to get comp. a day one starter on specials if you get this guy, and you're going to get an athletic body who can play multiple spots on your defense. He can play out at half. He can play at safety. I mean, we're seeing Nick Cross go and play Sam. Dalkey's a similar body type. He could build his frame up a bit and play Sam if he wants. I know people are taboo against uh, Canadians playing in the Sam, but Nick Cross is the number two backer for Hamilton right now at that spot. So it is possible. I mean, he opened the season in 2019 against Calgary. It was one of the best passing offenses in the Cam West. Eight tackles, an interception, a pass breakup. Pretty yeah. impressive against that offense. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see you sports football get back in general and to see these guys get on the field because it's been so long without great highlights um just one more note can west representation six guys out of the top 20 coming from can west they're making a case i know we've got three technically four guys from the oua if you count tavis robinson but you want to talk about conferences and who one of the best conferences is look no further than where your defending vanya cup champions hail from can west is ready to push people around again this year. And I believe they're matching up with the Quebec Conference in the National Semifinals. Yes, please. 
Man, I am just, I'm so excited for U Sports football. So excited to have it back. Cannot wait to watch some Cam West football, especially those Alberta Golden Bears and the Calgary Dinos. I mean, come on, you have two of the two of the most electric wide receivers in the country. And maybe some Adam Mackard out at Saskatchewan. Uh, Sam Baker's coming back as well, so let's not let's not shy away from the Huskies passing game. Mason Nye is going to be re- loaded up too. So basically, if you take anything away from that, Can West is good, and we're going to have a lot to talk about as we commence the U Sports football season. All right, Connor's coverage time. Put your wallet out on the table. It's time to gamble away some cash. Friday night, Montreal. Alouettes, Marc-Antoine de Croix, Vernon Adams, William Stanback, Wieneke, Cunningham, Quanbray going into the nation's capital against the Ottawa Red Blacks. They're currently six and a half point road favorites. Are you taking them at a touchdown? Yes. Oh, he's doing it. He's taking the big line. Yes, I am. This line opened uh, pretty close uh, to even from what I believe, and then it's just pushed i believe it was like around three three and a half when it opened and then it's just been pushed to almost a full touchdown now yeah no i i am gonna take montreal at six and a half on the road i mean i know they didn't look incredible against hamilton but their defense still had six sacks and if you can do that against a team like ottawa who allows a ton of sacks i believe ottawa allows the most sacks in the league right now I, I really do think Montreal's defense is going to be able to push around Ottawa a little bit. You know, we, we speak about it enough, but we know that they don't really have the ability to push the ball downfield too, too much. Yes, Montreal is showing more of the same. We're going to rely on these deep shots downfield oh, to make we'll the big there. plays. Hold your, hold your stats on that one. We'll get there. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, overall in this matchup, yes, I like it as a, a bounce-back game for Montreal. I think Montreal is going to be a little bit sore after – not executing against Hamilton where they had opportunity to. And I think they're going to be coming back with a vengeance. So I think we'll get to it, but I think we're going to see some some big days out of some certain wide receivers in Montreal. And you know Willie Stanback is pissed that he only ran for 30 yards. So I, I would be expecting Willie Stanback to be running with some aggression. Saskatchewan. Four and a half point favorites over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Stop giving me that smirk. <laughs> Upsets are made to happen. This is why you took Hamilton last week. Uh, this is why I nailed Hamilton last week. Exactly. Are you going with the Rough Riders at four and a half or are you going to the peg? No. Yes, I'm going with the Rough Riders at four and a half. I am of your opinion with Winnipeg, but inversely for Saskatchewan. I'm riding with them until they prove me otherwise. Saskatchewan has looked like the best team in the CFL thus far through their first four weeks of CFL football. I like what they've been able to do. They've impressed where we thought they you know, might regress with the losses that they've suffered. They have one of the most aggressive defenses in the league, two of the leaders in sacks. So, yeah, I, I like Saskatchewan, not to mention that they can – fire the ball all over the field. Cody Fajardo is playing like an MOP. William Powell, for everything that he's done, looks like a pretty decent back for Saskatchewan. I don't, I, man, I think uh, there's opportunity here for Saskatchewan to win this game. Maybe four and a half is a little bit big. We saw Calgary and Winnipeg go wire to wire with a one-point win. But uh, no, man, Saskatchewan's had a week off. I think they're gearing to play some football. 
I think they're a little bit more rested, a little bit more retooled. And yeah, I'm going with a four and a half spread over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Tell me why I'm wrong. Because that bad man, Andrew Harris. Oh, he looks so good against Calgary too. And he's coming for the Banjo Bowl. Ah. No, honestly, like the the four and a half just seems like a lot to me. In a game like this, I yeah, sure. I, I like Sask Sask may be the better team, but four and a half points against a team that's played four games, has won three of them. Like, they've looked good in all except for the Toronto game. Like four and a half just seems like a lot and it's a big line. I'm sure it's getting pushed further to Sask, but at some point, that's got to come back down to earth. Let's go into the hammer, though. Home opener for the Ticats. They're currently a two-point favorite over the Toronto Argos, who had a week off due to Edmonton's COVID scare. They did. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to hurt or harm Toronto. I guess essentially at this point, it's an extra bye week. It's an early bye week in the season. Toronto looks good, and you know maybe if, if Arbuckle was still nursing some sort of nagging injury, which it didn't look like he was, don't get me wrong, but you know maybe guys are a little bit banged up to start the season. It's a little bit of rest time, sure, but uh, they, I'm sure they were still on the practice field getting things done. Going into Hamilton, this is not the same Ticats team that we've seen. This is not the same Hamilton. They look good against Montreal, who didn't play good football. Toronto, to start this season has consistently played good football. I am going with Nick Arbuckle and his Toronto Argonauts to win the game, to win the Labor Day Classic in Hamilton on the road. So yeah, plus two Toronto Argonauts. I'm going I'm going with it. All right, this one is a no-brainer to me. If you go the other way on this line, I'm going to tear you apart. We have the Calgary Stampeders as five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Edmonton Elks. Where are you going? I'm going with the Stamps. Thank you. Please. You can't. You can't go any other way in this game. You no, cannot. No, no. And hear me out on this one. Look, spoiler alert for my, one of my value picks is Jake Mayer. At this point, he's at, at more this passing point, yards like, really than Matt Nichols has. He is still because he's the cheapest quarterback at 7,000. I guess, I guess. For fantasy, sorry, yes. But at this point, he's got more passing yards than Matt Nichols. I think most of the league has more passing yards than Matt Nichols. Jake Myers played two games. The Elks haven't practiced in like a week. Like that's like you have not touched a football field and now all of a sudden you're supposed to come into the Labor Day Classic against your provincial rival, the Calgary Stampeders, who are feeling themselves. Yeah, they lost a last minute field goal. But they went toe to toe with the defending Grey Cup champs. With their backup quarterback. That team is feeling confident right now. Five and a half points. I, I'm going to take stamps all day with you. I'm so glad yeah. you did not go with that buffoonery, which oh, is you the can't. green and gold. You can't. You cannot. Not right now. Not after, like you said, not after not practicing for over a week. Not after what Calgary has been able to show offensively on this side of the ball as well. Jake Meyer, you're right. Jake Meyer looks incredible. This is game three, though. I'm I'm very close to killing it. I'm very close to killing the buzz. So... Next week, I will be a very big Debbie Downer on Jake Meyer. But if he proves me wrong in game four, we're going to come back and ride with him. Now, one question I have, though, surrounding this game. Yes, Calgary's passing offense has looked very good, but Edmonton does have a vast, 
fast secondary. Does that scare you off of anything a little bit? No, because Jake Meyer's shown a lot of precision, and the way that they're running the ball with Kadeem Carey is going to get teams guessing. You're not going to be able to sit back and pin your ears back as a pass rusher either. So I'm expecting him to have more time in the pocket. There's going to be more windows over the middle due to play action, just schemes, motions, keeping the team off balance because they are so effective in moving the ball in other ways. So for Meyer, I'm, I'm not really worried. Their scheme's been great so far this year. I mean, he was 16 for 16 in the first half. Like, Winnipeg's got a good secondary too, so I, I don't want to hear about, oh, well, that could give him fits. Maybe it does, but I'm betting that it doesn't. Now for some team props and player props. Ottawa's over-under for total points is set at 18 right now. Where are you going against Montreal? Under. All right, next. BJ Cunningham, over-under, 55 and a half receiving yards. Where are you going? I'm going to go with the over on BJ Cunningham. I think Jake Wynicke is going to be the key in this one. Eugene Lewis has been breaking out a little bit. Quan Bray has two of their five touchdowns around the red zone for Montreal. Uh, I, I like B.J. Cunningham in this one. He's not going to be locked up by their number one cover guy. I think he's going to be open, maybe even find the end zone. I like B.J. Cunningham. And on the other side of that one, Matt Nichols, over under 21 and a half completions. He was at 23 against B.C. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's remind ourselves that you got the Vernon Adams under by a half. You, 0.5. You, he literally had to complete one check down and you would have been pooched. Are you going to stay hot this time? Or did what? he complete that one check down? No, he didn't. So, I'm going under again. All right, there we go. Matt Nichols under 21 and a half completions. Let's watch him end up with 21 again just for Connor. Watch him go 22. Last week I hit it by hit the under by a half. This week I'm going to miss by a half. It's the way she goes sometimes. But time for some shopping. I've already spoiled my first pick, so we're going to get into it. Jake Meyer, $7,000 against the Elks who haven't practiced in a week. He's at game three of the three-game QB theory that I have continually pushed. I'm going to go with it one more time. Next, we're going to go with a running back, DJ Foster, Toronto, at 3,500 against the Tiger Cats. Had a big game against Winnipeg, coming out party. He looked good in that game. He really did. And at 35, you're really getting someone who's going to split a lot of carries with John White. And Hamilton, yeah, they stuffed Will Standback. But he's a great tackle breaker, much like Standback. I expect them to focus more on the weapons on the outside for Toronto than that run game, and it might spell disaster for the Ticats. Do you think for Foster? I mean, fantasy aside, but do you think for fi- do you think for Foster now that after that game, Toronto's ready to kind of feed him more carries and make him? more of a feature back not necessarily the feature back but more of like kind of a one-two guy I I think they're gonna go with uh like a true committee as the season progresses like it'll just keep both guys fresh we talked about this on Tuesday I believe yes we did yeah about Laval and and how it just makes so much more sense as you go through longer seasons to keep guys fresh uh it fosters such a good running back that you can really see them going that way and just helping John White stay healthy so I'm going to kick with him at 3500 and then my last one's kind of a pick your poison. 2500 for each guy. Braden Linnaeus, my tried and true formula this year, and Keen Schaefer-Baker. One's a rookie. The other one's a rookie that is playing for his first year after being drafted two years ago. So uh, for both of them, you're getting 
some guys who are still getting their first taste of the CFL. But KSB showed great promise in his route running, get off, six grabs. Lenius has been that consistent guy over the middle, splash plays, 20-yard chunks. So uh, both of them, you get great value at 2,500. I think that they're going to play a big role this week going against uh, a Winnipeg team who has struggled to handle big-bodied receivers. Yeah, I, I like all of these picks so far. I am rocking with Jake Meyer once again. I am rocking with Braden Linius in my lineup as well. However, a little bit of a wrinkle this week. Connor's doing the... I'm trying the no defense stack. The Christina method. I'm trying it. And one guy I want to ask you about before we move off of fantasy, uh, because he's been very intriguing to me so far this season, and I've wanted to throw him in my lineup. I haven't done it, and you know, every time I look at a stat sheet... I'm regretting it. Ricky Collins Jr. for the Toronto Argonauts has been their leading receiver in terms of yardage. He has 12 receptions, 207 yards, and he's averaging 17.3 yards per catch. What do you think of Ricky Collins, especially for the value of $7,190? He's not an expensive receiver right now in CFL fantasy relative to some of these other guys. My, my issue with the Toronto receiving core in general is there's just so many big weapons, right? Like, you can get Darrell Walker for less than Ricky Collins Jr. Right, but are you taking Darrell Walker with a week of no practice and no. an inconsistent offense? No, but I'm saying Darrell Walker, if you want to talk stats-wise, he's at 16 for 196. So if you want to look at it that way, these guys are very similar in terms of body size, but with Ricky Collins Jr., you're not like you're getting less receptions. There's just so much to spread it around in Toronto. I personally would stay away, but I see the value that you're saying because he is huge. And with Arbuckle throwing the ball more, you're going to see them get more targets. It'll be interesting to see. I have him slotted into my roster this week. I don't plan on taking him out. Uh, it'll be, I guess, we'll recap this on Tuesday. We'll come back with the results. So. I don't know, man. I, I like the I like the low value, the low risk, high reward type ability of Ricky Collins here for this one. Because you're not spending a lot for him. I agree on that one. Uh let's move to our one big thing. Labor Day weekend. The biggest time of the year for the CFL until we get to the playoffs. It's coming a bit earlier than we're used to. What's one thing you're hoping to see this week in the CFL? I am really hoping to see fun. That's what I know. No, no, no. It will be fun. Spoken it's like a true Lions fan. I know, right? Golly. Detroit Lions for everybody, not BC Lions. The more dismal of the two Lions. The uh, 4-13 and 13 Detroit Lions. That's my prediction for 2021. I just hope they have fun. Dan Campbell looks fun. We're going to go bite some kneecaps off. This week as we enter Labor Day Classic weekend, which is you know one of the most exciting weekends in CFL football, I want to see some more consistency out of the Calgary Stamps wide receivers. They've been good enough, but there were some bad drops in that Winnipeg game that shouldn't have happened. I believe they had eight total team drops, which you know you never want to see creeping to ten, regardless of how much you're throwing the ball. But you know, I mean, Jake Meyer has looked good, but now I want to see the receivers helping out the young quarterback, getting into the end zone, breaking off these big plays. You know, Josh Huff and Markeith Ambles have looked stellar, but outside of that, you know, Kamar Jordan had a big 
week or two, but where has he been? Herji Mayala had four drops last week. So I, I just want to see I want to see less drops, more consistency, you know, spotting up in those soft zones and really making plays happen. You can't just lean on two wide receivers. You know, I almost want to say it's Colton Hunchak time, but I know that would just get you going for another 20 minutes. It is Colton Hunchak time. Use him more effectively. He is one of the best short game guys that you have. His hands are incredible. His route running's great. I will stop talking. All right, time for my big thing. Vernon Adams and the Montreal offense to show some goddamn consistency. What was the stat you were telling me the other day about their big plays where it's like they've attempted the most beyond 20 yards and they've completed only like seven or they're seventh in the league for completing them? Yeah, so they've attempted, of passes 20 yards or more, they've attempted 25 passes over 20 yards and they've only completed seven. So, I mean... They're, they're taking the shots downfield and they're missing. And that's what they do, though, because this is what we talked about preseason, the big play abil- ability. They were the league leaders in big plays in 2019. But with that comes a lack of consistency in their offensive game and their offensive flow. Because if you miss those, okay, look, the 7 of 25, it's a glaring stat. But those are the lowest incompletion plays in football. Once you get beyond that 20-yard threshold, it's such a gamble making that play consistently. And yeah, it pays off seven times. They're called 50-50 balls for a reason. And, you know, some of them aren't quite 50-50 balls. Some of them are more wide open, that kind of stuff, but some aren't. And when you miss those throws, A, high chance for turnover. B, you stall. If you're second and 10 and you try to throw a 20-yard ball, or you're second and five and you try to throw a 20-yard ball, you miss it, drive's done. You're first and 10, you try to make that, now you have second and 10. What are your odds on that compared to a second and three, second and four. So, you know, it's just such a difficult way to run through your offense as you try to build consistency, especially this year where we've seen defenses and the under hit so much in games. You want an offense to establish a rhythm. You want them to get into a flow like Calgary did last week against Winnipeg. Jake Meyer, 16 of 16. I think he averaged like 10 yards catch. He was at like 169 for a long time. That gets your offense going because it keeps you on the field. You keep getting reps. You keep making plays, and you get into a flow where your guys are now comfortable, and you start having some moxie and some rhythm and flow, and next thing you know, you're marching down the field, drive in, drive out, and you're putting points on the board against the top defense. So for Montreal, look, I love the big plays. I love them. I really hope I get to see a couple of them silence a crowd at TD Place on Friday night. But I want to see some damn consistency. It's going to help you in the long run as you try to make a playoff push. No, I I 100% agree. And, like, I'm fine with Montreal taking the deep shots downfield and, you know, attempting these big plays because when they complete them, it's electric. But that's the key phrase, when they complete them. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, You love them, but you hate them. They get the crowd going. Oh, you love it when it's Jake Weinke grabbing the back of the ball for a touchdown on a 60-yard bomb from VA. Uh, especially this week, I have him going to fantasy again at 7,000. That's also the same, cheaper than uh, your Ricky Collins Jr. pick. Just a little uh, throw in there for an extra. <laughs> but if you go no defense, you can afford both of them. There we go. Big, big choices from Connor going no, no defense this week. 
Uh, I'm probably going to get absolutely smacked for it. No, you might not. You can afford we'll the see. bigger we'll play. See. So, uh, but that comes to the end of this episode. We have some big, 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 five bigs news coming up in the next couple weeks for All Canadian, for CF Perspective. Connor and I are jazzed. Everyone's jazzed about it. Uh, very excited to share that with you when we can. But until then, thank We're going to keep you waiting, too. Yeah, oh yeah, we're going to tease it every <laughs> single episode. Every single episode, there will be one mention. Maybe we'll do like a countdown with how many bigs we throw in. I don't know if that's right because I've started with five, but we'll we'll do the math on it. We can go up, and then when we get to ten bigs, we'll let you know what it is. Potentially, that's a lot of bigs in an episode. <laughs> uh, echoes might be. Uh, <laughs> it might just be the same big copy and pasted ten times over. In the just episode. get a loop track of us saying the word big. Uh, but no, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Marshall tweeted off the CFP account. August was our best best month yet for Connor and I, who started this back in March of. 2020 it's been a ride we are here with football going universities kicking off we're excited to bring you guys more coverage than ever thank you guys for tuning in you know where to find us on social at wade zank at connor r o'neill at cf perspective and while we're on the topic of thanking people we cannot forget to thank fox 40 our wonderful sponsor the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. So get back into the game with Fox 40. Visit fox40shop.com to shop coaching boards, gear, and more. While you're there, use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. Again, CFP15 at fox40shop.com. They are the worldwide leaders in whistle tech, so get your hands on some of that. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. And enjoy your Labor Day weekend.